friends, and welcome to the Mr. Maxwell podcast. So today I want to be talk, I want to be talk, <laughs> I'd like to talk about my five philosophies for life. After my first year of teaching, I reserved a cabin for myself that a monastery rents out for retreats. I spent a couple of days alone in the cabin, wandering through the woods, and thinking about my approach to education, life, philosophy, etc. It was a really great experience. It was a little spooky being in a cabin in the woods by myself at night. I'm not going to lie about that part. But the isolation was good for me. The hours alone to just think and ponder life and existence. I couldn't even get a proper cell phone signal. And it was there while reading books and thinking and meditating that I found my five philosophies. And while at first the philosophies were meant to be for my classroom, be how I managed a classroom, and they were definitely, but over the years they have evolved and in time they became the philosophies that I try to live my life by. I do not believe that everyone needs to follow my philosophies, just to be clear right away as we're getting into this, but I do think that it is important for everyone to develop their own philosophies for how they should live their life. These philosophies shouldn't explain how you're already living, but I think that they should be based on who you want to be, the person you want to become. That being said, my five philosophies are, number one, life is hard. Number two, you are important, fewer of self-importance. Number three, your life is not only about you. Number four, you are not always in control. And number five, you are going to die, so live well. So let's start with number one, life is hard. I can't speak for anyone else's life, but my life has definitely been a difficult one. Some days it feels like life is just one bad moment after another with short moments when I can catch my breath. Definitely identified with that scene in Deadpool 1 when he said that life is just a series of train wrecks with brief intermissions. <laughs> and I know that sounds really dark, but hang in there. Stick, Stay with me on this. But if I believed that my life was supposed to be easy, that things were supposed to go smoothly for me, then I was going to be forever upset because that's not the life that I was given. In fact, I don't think that's the life that anyone was given. Between finances, health, my neurotype, race, and a few other things, I'm always dealing with something. And it can be overwhelming trying to outrun my demons, put out all the fires, and claw my way out of the dark forest that is everything I deal with in life. So I'm attempting a different approach, accepting that the dark forest is my home and learning to live with my demons. Instead of being upset about not being able to afford nice things that my richer friends have, I've learned to appreciate thrifting, found people to inspire me to find beauty in forgotten items, and built an aesthetic based on found things. I try to educate myself about my health, both physical and mental, so I can understand and accept who I am and where I am. I do my best to adjust my life to fit where I am, because I'm done hurting myself to trying to fit into a world that's not made for me. And it's not that I'm not ambitious. It doesn't mean that I don't strive for more. It doesn't mean that I don't try to earn more money. It doesn't mean that I don't work hard. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But I'm also trying to say that I'm seeking to learn to be content 
uh, there was a company I worked for, they referred to it as positive discontent, meaning that while yes, we're thankful for where we are, thankful for the progress we've made, thankful for what we have, we're still working to be better, working to do more, but in a way that makes sense, a way that is sustainable. And I like that. And that's what I'm trying to implement here. It doesn't mean that I'm not, that I wouldn't try to buy a new iPad at some point. I'm not against, you know, I still want to get a new car. That's in fact a big goal of mine, but I'm learning to be happy with the old van that I'm driving, even as I am wishing and hoping and trying to work out a way to replace it and get a better car. Does that make sense? Like, yes, there are things that I want, but I'm trying to make sure that my inability to get those things in the moment is not affecting my ability to be happy where I am. So yes, life is hard, but I'm learning to adapt and maybe one day even thrive despite the harshness of life. I hope I can one day be an inspiration to those who also struggle to survive in a world not made for them. Moving on to philosophy number two, you are important, beware of self-importance. This philosophy has two parts for a very important reason. The first part is that you are important. Personally, I've struggled to believe that I'm important or that others should see me as having value. I look at all the ways that I'm seen as less than, oh, sorry, I look at all the ways that I'm less than others or seen as less than others. I have been laughed at for being black. My skin color, in fact, was the butt of a joke just a couple weeks ago for not being black enough, um, whether it's my voice or my interests, or for not being manly enough and felt isolated because of my special interests, my health issues, my neurotype. I felt insignificant because I don't make a lot of money by American standards, that I'm creative, but I don't let myself think of myself don't let myself think of myself, wow, that was a great sentence, as a real artist or writer because I'm so insecure about my creative work and the list goes on. And some of this is not other people putting me down. I just want to be clear here. I put myself down. This also has to do with my own self-talk, how I view myself, how I think of myself as a human being, as a creative as a person who struggles with health issues. And so I cling to this philosophy because I'm trying to live out a truth, the truth that I am important, that I have value and worth, and that my worth is more than my bank account, the poems and art or articles that I write, my race, my neurotype, my health issues, or any of my other inter intersectionalities. All of those things matter because they make me who I am, but none of them make me less or more than anyone else. I am important because I am me. And with this comes the second part that I am no better than anyone else either. It's a warning against pride to not seek to make myself feel better by looking down on others. I have value and I try to see that value in those around me. Philosophy number three, your life is not only about you. This one is very close to the second philosophy. For me personally, I like this one because of my neurotype, because I can get fixated on something. I can get fixated on an idea. 
um, an obsession, an activity, and in my hyper-focus, I can forget about everything and everyone around me. I can forget to think about the feelings of others, about the needs of those close to me. So I do my best to keep this in mind at all times that my life is not always about me. I may have an idea for work and want to pursue it right away, but the timing might not be right. It's okay for me to get upset, but I need to remember that I am not the only person who works there. I may want to arrange the house a certain way, but again, I have to remember that I'm not the only person who lives there. It's not always about me. I say not always because sometimes it is all about me. Some mornings I wake up in a bad flare and even if I'm needed, I will stay home from work so I can rest because at this moment, it is all about me. I may be in a social situation and become overstimulated to the verge of a meltdown. I will excuse myself, go outside, hide in the bathroom because at that moment, it is all about me. Sometimes I have to remove someone from my life or block a person online because the relationship is hurting me. And again, at that moment, it is all about me because I am important. See philosophy number two. So I guess what I'm saying there is there are moments where to protect your mental or physical health, you do have to focus on yourself for a little bit to get yourself out of that situation. But remembering that it's not always about you and to recognize the needs of others. Number four, you are not always in control. I hate this one. I really hate this one. It's the one that I struggle with the most. I like routine. I like for things to happen a certain way. I like to be in control. Being in control makes me feel safe, but I can't control everything. I can't control when I experience an autoimmune flare. I can't control my sensory issues. I can't control traffic. I cannot control my wife, my children, or anyone else in my life. And I should not try to, right? I need to respect who they are because I should always avoid self-importance. I cannot control emergency problems that happen. I find this to be very stressful. But learning to accept that I cannot control everything is very important. Instead, I control what I can. I can't control car breakdowns or that I sometimes forget my keys in a locked car, so I have roadside assistance. I went through one winter where it felt like once a week, once every other week, I was locking my keys in my car at work. It was so bad and I was so frustrated, but I just could not control that I kept forgetting that. Was this whole thing so I just had a system to deal with it and that's the thing it's the things I can't control there are systems there are ways that we can adapt and learn to deal with the things that are outside of our control uh, sensory issues I can't control those so I have earplugs I have headphones I have blue light blocking glasses and clothing that I can handle to help me deal with my sensory issues I can't control all of my executive function issues, so I work on ways to support myself and accept the areas I cannot work around. I can't control my health, so I talk to my employer about alternative working arrangements that are better suited to where I am right now. And now I'm in a role where I am able to contribute, I'm able to be helpful and provide value to the organization, while at the same time, honoring the things I can't control 
being some of my health issues. I can't fix everything, but I try to do my best with what I have, where I am, in the time that is given to me. And again, like I said, I hate that one. I hate not being in control. It's so frustrating. Um, but learning to accept it has definitely led to a higher quality of life for me. And then finally, number five, you're going to die, so live well. The thing about being human is that you only get a certain amount of time on this planet. Whether I live for a few years or over a hundred years, I'm going to die at some point. I will also only get one shot at each stage of my existence. I only got to be a child once, a teenager once, and so on. I can't go back and redo those moments of my life, however much I wish I could. Sometimes I break down and cry because of what I went through in my past. Moments where I was not seen, needs that were not met, and moments when I was not safe. I also break down and cry when I think about wonderful moments where I was seen and valued, moments where I was in community, moments where I felt special and important and awesome and invincible. And I can't get those back either. I can't undo the past, I can't relive the past, but I can live in this moment. So I'm trying to honor who I am and where I am now. I've done many things just for fun. I may never be a famous artist, but I did have someone commission me for a painting one time. I may never be a famous author, but I did self-publish a few short stories, and I'm hoping to self-publish a book of poetry. I may never fence in the Olympics, but I was able to at least take part in a couple of competitions. I may never own a high-level fashion line, but I've sold a few pieces of my own merch. I may never speak to a stadium of thousands, but I do get to reach a few people through my various platforms. I may never be a model or a fashion influencer, but someone did tell me that my outfit looked nice last week. I may never dance in the Nutcracker or Swan Lake or with the stars, but I get to make silly dances on TikTok that make a few people smile. I'm trying to do my best to gently redefine my comfort zones so that I may live a meaningful life, a good life, and that one day I may look back and see that I lived well. So thanks for listening to me talk about my philosophies, and to be honest, I don't always live up to them. Most days I miss the mark, but these are my goals. They are the stars that guide me. Wow, that was cheesy. Maybe one of these philosophies might be helpful for your own life, or maybe it'll give you some ideas of how to create your own personal philosophies and guidelines for how you seek to go through this world. And let me know, I mean, do you have a life philosophy? Something that gives you practical guidance on how you navigate this world? I hope that you do. After all, the best ship in the world is nearly useless without a navigation system. I don't know if that was the right analogy or not. Hopefully you know what I mean. For now, it is time for your next adventure. I'll miss you. Cheers.